Hey everyone, and happy holiday season. Welcome to another edition of Drone Life News. Joining me as always, the editor and chief, I would also call her the chief awesome officer over there at dronelife.com. Miriam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? Doing good, doing good. I'm excited for this week's news as a, it really seems like the future of drones unlike cell phones, is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Talking about a future that looks a lot like the Jetsons. What do I mean? I'm talking about urban air mobility. And it seems like this week, Miriam, is jam-packed of news when it comes to urban air mobility. What do you have? It really is. This has been such an exciting uh, week of news with this stuff. I can't wait to fly in a passenger drone. I guess they're starting out as crude EV12 vehicles, but honestly, I can't wait to not have to worry about traffic and um, to actually not have to worry about driving. That would be so nice, too. Anyway, so a bunch of things this week. First of all, Volocopter took off first crude air taxi flight in Korea. So Korea, um, if you've been following along, I've written lots of articles about this. They have really pledged to urban air mobility in the near future. They've got all kinds of vendors out there um, doing demonstration flights, both crude and uncrewed. They're really committed to implementing urban air mobility within the next few years. We also had a deep dive. One of our feature writers got to talk to a new company called Air, which is committed to developing eVTOL vehicles, personal uh, eVTOL vehicles. The idea is everybody gets their own flying car, and that sounds pretty darn cool to me. The uh, third piece of news that we published on this topic was Hyundai. Hyundai has uh, spun off a new division specifically to attack the urban air mobility market. And that's something that we're seeing a lot of, um, particularly with Hyundai. Again, that's a Korean company. Korea is very committed to this. A lot of other countries, especially in Asia, have demonstrated real commitment towards um, urban air mobility. And we are seeing these vehicle companies get involved and say, hey, if the future of transportation is changing and cars are no longer going to be a thing, we're going to make sure we're there for the next thing, uh, which I think is really exciting. It, it kind of demonstrates that they see this as a real economically viable next step in transportation. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun to be able to travel to other states, too, at twice the speed of a car. I know uh, after taking a 12-hour drive yesterday, I would definitely enjoy that myself. <laughs> um, it does make you wonder, though, as I was in Las Cruces, Van Horn, this last weekend, two different places close to each other, and it brings up an interesting topic as I got to speak with one of the launch directors from Virgin Galactic out at the spaceport. And it's really interesting because these two uh, space tourism companies are doing things very differently, but they're very analogous to the drone industry itself. What am I talking about? Well, Virgin Galactic is all about pilot responsibility. The pilots are always in charge and they are flying, whereas Blue Origin is fully autonomous. 
And it just makes me wonder, Miriam, in the in with what's coming down the pipe here with urban air mobility, I wonder which company is going to empower pilots and essentially have a very personalized VTOL uh, drone aircraft that we can all fly. I think that'll be really exciting when it does happen. It is. And, you know, Paul, you bring up such a good point. But what I have seen from the majority of these manufacturers is that they are designed to be crude uh, initially, but they're building in these very sophisticated autonomous capabilities. And I believe that the idea is when the regulations support it, they're designed to be autonomous vehicles. So I think that's really cool. I think about it. We just had this huge infrastructure uh, bill passed here in the U.S. What if you didn't need bridges anymore? How much money would that save communities? <laughs> it's kind of an amazing thought. <laughs> it sure is. And it all, I mean, the infrastructure bill, I feel like, is probably also directly related to the future of urban air mobility as well. When you think about what's going to power these aircraft, you know, what is the infrastructure going to look like? If these are electric aircraft, are we going to have to up our power consumption and our ability to produce electricity? What does that look like? So I think it's it's interesting, though. The steps are definitely being made to take us to this future. So very interesting uh, indeed. Well, on the heels of the launch of the Mavic 3, it seems like uh, one new uh, data set or data analysis showcases the top drone manufacturers. And to everyone's surprise, DJI is still number one, but it's very interesting <laughs> who's number two and number three, Miriam, because this is a quite the change up. You know, when you see drones like Skydio and drones like uh, Sony coming out and FreeFly, you'd expect to see those names at the top of the list, but they're not. And, and it just makes you wonder who are these new companies and how come they're selling drones at a rate that others are? It's really fascinating. You know, I I almost didn't bother to kind of open up the report and read it because when you see something like top drone manufacturer, it's like, really, I'm going to write about that again. What's what's the point? But, um, you know, I'm always fascinated to see who's up and coming, who I haven't heard of yet. You know, we talk about this all the time. The fleet changes over really slowly. So newcomers, it takes a long time for them to get on the list. But This is super interesting. So number one, of course, it's DJI, surprising no one. Number two is Parrot. And this is data from Drone Industry Insights, which is a German company. They do a really good job getting worldwide data. I really like their data methodology. I do trust them. They're um, super very well respected and very well researched. So Number one, DJI. Number two, Parrot. And this is fascinating to me because having started drone life back in 2013, I'm like, whoa, deja vu here. You know, Parrot um, in the beginning with the recreational drones was definitely right up there. Number two kind of fell off the list for a while, recreated into this um, commercial platform. Now we've got the Anafi, the Anafi USA, the new Anafi AI, and apparently they are really selling drones. So they are number two, partnered all over the place. You know, they've really done a good job expanding their ecosystem. So I find that really interesting. 
Number three was also interesting to me, Paul, because this is one I'm like, wow, where have I been? I've never heard of these people, but I don't know if you have or not. They are crop spraying drones. That is not legal here in the U.S. You can't um, really do that without getting a lot of waivers and permissions for this. You've got two things going against you. First, you're uh, flying a drone that's carrying a pretty heavy payload. And secondly, you're spraying chemicals. And that's a whole nother certification process. But um Chinese manufacturer Zag is making crop spraying drones, which are used all over the world, except here in the U.S., and they are the number three top drone manufacturer in the world. So what do you think about this? Well, I mean, it's fascinating. I will say, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't say this for a very long time, but my first drone was actually a Parrot drone. It was the AR 2.0, and I'll never forget uh losing connection over Wi-Fi to that thing and losing it in the lake. So, uh, I mean, I luckily I got it back because it, 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 it floats. So uh, that's nice. But uh, that said, it is very shocking to see uh, Parrot kind of leap ahead of everyone else. And I'm not sure I have the uh, Mandarin pronunciation right of Zag because I think of uh, President Xi, which is uh, XI, and this is X. You are probably right. I've probably butchered that, and my apologies. Oh, I don't know how to say it either, <laughs> yeah, Mary. I'm, sure, I'm sure I've butchered it. You're you're absolutely right. <laughs> but one thing that is interesting is the fact that they they're number three in the world, but they don't even sell in the U.S. market. It really makes you think. Okay, so just how big is the U.S. market in comparison to these these other countries? So a very, very interesting. Um, honestly, I'm surprised Yamaha is not selling more RMAX drones uh, that would overtake someone like Zag. But I guess they've found their market niche and they have solved a problem for a lot of people. So very, very interesting indeed. I, I hear you on, oh, here's another article about the top drone manufacturers, but this seems like uh, quite a deviation from uh, historical insights. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Anybody interested in the full report, which is pretty detailed, it goes into a segment, you know, you've got crossover drones, you've got commercial drones, you've got recreational drones, industry and so forth. Definitely check out Drone Industry Insights um, for that report. It is it is a paid report, but even just at the very top level, the top three global um, drone manufacturers, that gave me something to think about. Yeah, definitely something to think about. And in our next piece of news, something to think about is how fast the racing group of drone pilots is exceedingly gaining market share here in the United States. And it seems like DRL, one of the top players as the drone racing league, is doing something new to attract new pilots. Miriam, what's going on here? love the Drone Racing League. I really do because, you know, they have made drone racing from something kind of completely geeky and not really accessible to observers. I mean, who wants to watch some tiny little thing like buzz around? There's nothing to see. They've done such a good job in kind of making it sexy. It it really is. It's so fun to watch now. They've figured out how to find cool cool places to highlight their players, their racers, 
um, all kinds of things. They've done great things for the drone industry and for the sport. And now they've come out with a game. So they have the mobile game, the um, drone racing arcade game launched this week. So get out there and check it out, guys, because I really feel that this was worth reporting on just because it kind of shows how they are bringing drone racing from this very, very niche sport to something that has been highlighted by, you know, major uh, companies for branding purposes and now can be out there in game form for anybody who wants to play, which could subsequently interest people in in actually participating in the sport and they're then into the industry. I mean, this is such a great gateway for kids to get into drone racing and a great way for very skilled commercial pilots to show off their stuff too. I mean, drone racing, not just for kids here. So, yeah, very cool. Definitely uh, expanding the demographics. So makes you wonder too, if they'll use it as a source of finding uh, new pilots. Uh, Cause you know, just like people who do really well on YouTube. Uh, for example, the I think the latest example is on Saturday Night Live, which I haven't really been watching too, too much, but they've got a new guy playing Trump. And surprisingly enough, it seems like he got his name in the industry of playing Trump by being on YouTube. So it seems like well, if YouTube can get you on Saturday Night Live, maybe uh, playing some drone racing on your phone can get you in DRL. I mean, why not? <laughs> Who knows? We will see. I, YouTube, actually, if you ever, um, there are drone racing stars on YouTube and their FPV videos are absolutely fascinating. Some of them are, I have trouble with like things like roller coasters. And, and so some of them are a little, whoa, to watch, but um, very cool stuff. Definitely very cool. One of my favorites, uh, uh, Paul Nurk. And he just built a huge drone, that a FPV drone that he put a Ronin on top of. And I, it looks sweet on Instagram. I'm like, man, I want to fly that thing. But uh, He is the coolest. He's the coolest. Check out the feature we did on him at some point. It's really, it's great stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Miriam, thank you uh, for, a, for, well, a brief update on the news this week. I know... Thanksgiving is coming up. Black Friday is coming up. You know, we've got a lot of deals here at DroneU. We're also launching one of our newest courses on the props program for Black Friday. Very excited about that. And just want everyone to know, uh, make sure to, to stay in tune with DroneU. If you have been looking to score some sweet deals, well, we've got a lot this year to offer and appreciate the support and appreciate the opportunity to help you level up and build confidence. But Miriam, do you have anything special uh, going on for the holidays next week? Cooking, cooking, cooking. <laughs> That's what we're doing out here in New Hampshire. We, we have like the wild turkey and the all, all kinds of great stuff. I got my family coming home. I'm really looking forward to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I hope you have a great holiday week, Miriam. I know, or at least I, I think we're doing a new show uh, next Tuesday because I'm pretty sure that is the only day I'm coming into work next week. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you then. Sounds good. Maybe we can do a show from the spaceport as that's where uh, kind of where we'll be. So anyway, but thank you again, Miriam, for joining me. And thank you to all of you for joining us as well for another edition 
of Drone Life News. We'll see you next week.